Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tiantian with your market view. Now, it's the last trading day for 2022, and that means it's also a time for us to look back at some of the key market stories that made the headlines this year. So, I'd like to start by taking us to the US. Now, markets there suffered a brutal 2022 as the US Federal Reserve hiked interest rates aggressively to tamp down inflation. Now, we saw major indices logging deep losses for the year. All three major averages are heading for their worst year since, get this, 2008. And as of 29th December, the broad-based S&P 500 down nearly 19.2%, tech-rich Nasdaq tumbled 33.03%, and the blue chip down, despite being the best performer among the three locked losses of 8.58%. So we saw some high-profile casualties, including the once-soaring shares of Amazon.com, down some 50% this year. Tesla, down around 70%. And Facebook parent Meta Platforms also lost about 65%. Well, um, deep in the red there, but energy stocks bucked the trend by posting eye-popping gains. So with investors eager to turn the page on 2022, the question remains, what's next for markets? So, what are the big themes for the U.S. stock market in 2023? Hmm, The big question here really is a recession or a soft landing. The number one question really is whether the Fed can engineer a soft landing and whether the U.S. economy is headed for a recession, which is uh, by far expected by many market observers. Now, historical data suggests that a bear market have never or has never bottomed before the beginning of a recession. So, what this means is that If we are expecting a recession or if a recession were to start next year, stocks could be set for another slide. And according to Trust Advisory Services, recessions tend to hit stocks hard with the S&P falling an average 29% during recessions since the World War II. But those declines have usually been followed by a strong rebound. So on one hand, we could see a recession, but how would companies move? Would there be a rebound? That's question number one. And moving on to question number two. Now we talked about companies. So are profits at risk? Investors fairly concerned that corporate earnings estimates may not have fully factored in a potential slowdown. So what that means is there is potentially more downside for stocks. Consensus analyst estimates uh, project they project S&P 500 earnings to rise 4.4% in 2023, according to Refinitiv IBES. But yet, Ned Davis Research, they project earnings to fall by an average annual rate of 24% during recessions. So again, as we said, where would the Fed take interest rates and could we see a recession? That will really affect how companies perform in the coming year as well. And not to mention that the dollar surge against other currencies this year hurt earnings of many US companies, making it more expensive, especially for MNCs to convert their earnings back into the greenback. So where would the greenback move again tight uh, or related to where the Fed is going to take interest rates? That's also one point to consider. Now, question number three, now that we've uh, gotten the profits settled, we've talked about where the U.S. is going to hike interest rates and also a recession and soft lending. Question number three is, now we know that tech stocks and growth stocks 
they continue to take a beating from the ongoing volatilities. But could um, value stocks, which are stocks that are trading at a discount on metrics such as book value or price to earnings, they have held up better than tech and growth shares. Could that continue into the next year? That is also one point to consider and one of the big themes for 2023. And since we're talking about stock markets, how could we not talk about Elon Musk? Well, Tesla chief Elon Musk told employees that they should not be bothered by stock market craziness. That's after Tesla's shares fell nearly 70% this year on jitters over softening demand for EVs and also Musk's distraction with running Twitter. So we saw on Tuesday Tesla shares dropping an 11% on a Reuters report that... uh, Tesla planned to run a reduced production schedule in January at its Shanghai plant, really sparking concerns of a drop in demand in the world's biggest car market. So what is Elon Musk saying right now, right? In an email sent to staff this Wednesday and also reviewed by Reuters, Elon Musk said he believes that long term, in the long term, Tesla would be the most valuable company on earth. And he also urged employees to ramp up deliveries at the end of this quarter after uh, Tesla offered discounts on its vehicle in the US and China. So here's what Elon Musk said. Now he told employees to, well, quote, please go all out for the next few days and volunteer to help deliver if at all possible. It'll make a real difference. Well, according to Refinitiv data, analysts expect uh, Tesla to deliver 442,452 vehicles in the fourth quarter. That's the number we are looking at. But what Elon Musk also said in his email was that, could, by the way, don't be too bothered by stock market craziness. As we continue to, uh, as we demonstrate continued excellence performance, rather, the market will recognize that. And he said, quote, long term, I believe very much that Tesla will be the most valuable company on earth, unquote. Well, will it be the most valuable company on earth given what we saw and how Elon Musk is really turning his attention to Twitter and all those tweets that he have made? Hmm, we shall see. Prime time only on Money FM 89.3. And since we talked about Shanghai, let's move away from the US to take a look at what's happening in Asia. China's reopening is one big theme for 2023 as well. Asian countries, they are bracing for an influx of Chinese tourists as COVID-19 restrictions are dismantled in China. Now, if you recall, Chinese tourists, they will no longer need to quarantine on return home from next Sunday, that's January the 8th. Uh, that's That really spurred a surge in bookings from what was the world's largest outbound travel market in 2019. Mm. Now, the once 255 billion US dollar a year in global spending by Chinese tourists ground to a halt during the pandemic, leaving a gaping hope, a gaping hole in the Asian market. But really, what's next? Could we see a rebound in travel from China? Well, for now, very flight data shows that international flights to and from China just at 8% of pre-pandemic levels. But carriers, they are looking to ramp up capacity as authorities ease COVID-driven limits on the number of flights. Malaysian Airlines, Vietnamese budget carrier VetJet Aviation, they said they hope to restore China flights to pre-pandemic levels by June next year. Others such as SIA, Singapore Airlines and Australia's Qantas Airways declined to provide detailed targets as the situation evolves. So the prospects of cash-rich Chinese flocking to shopping streets nonetheless across the world, that boosted luxury stocks this week. 
Now, China, as we know, accounts for 21% of the world's 350 billion euros luxury goods market. So that's set to see a boost, at least according to market expectations. And in the meantime, we are seeing operators in countries, several Asian countries, stepping up and trying to woo customers, especially Chinese tourists, back. So you have Sofitel, Sentosa and Singapore creating Lunar New Year packages aimed at Chinese visitors, including a hot pot buffet, romantic packages for couples. They bet that a travel rebound will come with a vengeance. And in Japan, you have tour bus group Hato Bus saying that next month, it will try out Chinese language tours that was halted during the pandemic with the aim of a full resumption by spring. But despite the optimism surrounding China's reopening, really, Japan, as we see, uh, is being rather cautious about Chinese tourism due to the rapid spread of the COVID-19 virus within China itself. Japan, for one, is requiring a negative COVID-19 test on arrival for Chinese tourists. Those who test positive need to quarantine for seven days under new border measures taking place with effect from today. And also other countries and regions are also becoming increasingly wary of a surge in infections in their own population. You have South Korea requiring travellers to take COVID-19 tests before they arrive from China. You also have South Korea limiting short-term visa issuance until the end of January and suspending increases in flights from China among other measures. You have the U.S. as well coming in to say that it will impose mandatory COVID-19 tests on travellers from China. India, Italy, Taiwan among the countries and regions taking new measures, Philippines considering a testing requirement. On the other hand, Australia, Germany, Thailand, others, uh, they said they will not impose additional rules on Chinese travel for now. France even taking to social media to say that it welcomed Chinese friends with open arms. So can we really see a boom in tourism demand and will that filter down to Asian economies in particular? And what will the distribution of Chinese tourists look like in major economies uh, going forward? That is also something to consider as we enter 2023. But before we go, we must also take a look at what's happening back home in Singapore and we must talk about the upcoming goods and services tax hike or GST tax hike. Now, companies told our sister publication, The Business Times, that the upcoming GST hike will have a limited standalone impact and is merely part of a wider cost pressure that businesses have been facing. Now, if you recall, the GST is set to rise one percentage point to 8% on 1st January next year. But headline inflation is already forecast at between 4.5% and 5.5% even if we uh, before taking into account the GST hike. So this backdrop of rising costs merely makes it very likely that companies will pass the GST increase onwards to customers. And uh, so salad chain Salad Storm said uh, the broad inflationary environment really means that the GST hike effect will not be that apparent. Now, what would the GST hike mean for businesses then? They are likely to pass on the cost, but on the technical front, the Association of SMEs, Vice President Ang Yuit, he does not expect the hike to cause problems for GST-registered businesses apart from initial adoption issues such as claims for the wrong amount. But in the meantime, we have right-hailing giant Grab saying that uh, it will pass on the impending increase in GST to Get this, not customers, but private hire drivers by increasing the commission by 0.18 percentage point on 1st of January. Now, that's a move that runs counter to what rivals like Gojek, Tada and Wright plan to do. Now, the additional commission, which 
comes up to about three cents a ride for a fare of 16 Singapore dollars will go fully to the IRAs. So that's according to Grab. But really the question is, uh, why doesn't Grab pass this on to customers instead, right? So what Grab said was that uh, the GST was applied to drivers because drivers are considered the company's customers. And it argued that if it passed the GST increase to passengers, it may result in fewer bookings for drivers. So to cushion the blow, Grab said it'll introduce a six-month GST rebate scheme for drivers to cover the cost of the GST increase between January and June, but this will only apply to those who complete at least 200 rides on Grab's platform. Some unhappiness there among drivers who questioned why they are the ones bearing the brunt because uh, earlier in December, you have the National Taxi Association, the National Private Hire Vehicles Association, issuing a statement to call on platform and taxi operators to help drivers cope with this GST hike because Taxi drivers, private hire drivers, they are not GST registered. They cannot put in claims for GST and they are also not in a position to adjust fares. So the increases should not be wholly absorbed by them, isn't it? So on one hand, you have some companies passing the cost on to customers. You have some passing on to their drivers instead. So who should be paying for the GST hike? Let us know if you have any thoughts on this. But that's all for Market View for today and wishing you and your family a happy new year in the meantime. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.